0: Alrighty, team. So, just a recap on episode three with Simon. Uh, it was a great uh, podcast. Really good to catch up with Simon and hear about how he's uh, changed so much from starting off as a young fella in an industry where he thought uh, money was really the only thing uh, that was worth wealth and what he wanted to strive for to really changing it around and starting to focus more on family and his uh, own mindset on what really is truly valuable to him other than just income. So it was really great catching up with Simon. And uh, guys, if you haven't listened to it already, please go back, check out episode three. Um, There are some great gold nuggets in there for everyone. So let's get on to episode four now with Tony Duncan. So what i really liked about tony was he has or sorry he's in the uh in the finance game and he is running his own business as well as through a uh, company as well which is astute and he's really starting to find that uh he needs to go back and implement the systems uh that he started off with um when he first started and this is crossing over into all aspects of life especially training so going from training one way when getting good results to having to go back to basics when you know things in life that happen so injury and all other stuff we also touch on a little bit uh with his um up and coming olympic superstar of a daughter um she's going to be definitely there eventually in our beach volleyball so that's a great little listen as well but guys, I think you're really going to get um, a few good things out of um, this podcast with Tony. He's got some, once again, some great gold nuggets in there. And uh, yeah, for anyone that's also looking for a finance broker, um, I would definitely recommend Tony. He is extremely knowledgeable, extremely good at his job. And uh, he's, he's a bit of a leader in the team as well in terms of uh, the entire company nationwide. So guys, give this a... Uh, podcast to listen. I really think you're going to enjoy it. Um, It's absolutely great. Also uh, make sure you follow us at ATP Fitness on Instagram, um, Adventure Training and Performance Fitness on Facebook. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on the podcast, guys. All your support counts. It means so much to us. So guys, uh, enjoy and let's get this underway. Welcome team. My name is Josh Atkins and you're listening to Australia's Most Adventurous Podcast.
1: I think so. I think it's good. Managing a few, juggling a few dilemmas, but we're getting there with the new guys uh, no not so much uh, that it's just more d- you go to do something and then you've got to add in well let's put it this way I started the day I had one thing I wanted to get done before anything else and it didn't happen until about 20 minutes ago So <laughs> I actually got finished because I had to pull a few bits and pieces together but it got done so
0: oh well at least it's done hmm Alright, cool mate, so um, we'll get started, um, basically I don't give you an intro, I'll get you to do that and then I'll do a summary at the end, because I'll, like, I'll go back and re-listen and just go, oh, this is what we're talking about and stuff. Okay, yep. So, just give us an intro, who you are and what you do and where you work. Okay. Plug yourself as much as you want.
1: Uh, so, this is all just audio too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So don't, don't
0: worry
1: about your hair. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Wearing my best shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm Tony Duncan. Uh, I'm a finance broker. Uh, I've been working behind a desk for many, many years, but running my own business for the last 16 years. I uh, love what I do and enjoy it a whole lot more now that I'm a whole lot fitter than I ever was.
0: You reckon you're a whole lot fitted out even after all the tries and stuff?
1: Yep. Yeah, I I genuinely think that I actually feel fitter today and healthier today than I think I ever have in my whole life. Yeah, okay. Um, And whether that be... It's probably a combination of things because I've heard a lot of different ideas that the older you are, the more... I suppose as you get older, you reach a point where you actually understand your body a whole lot more, what you should or shouldn't be doing and, and... Um, Managing that rather than just pushing along. But no, I definitely feel um, the fittest I've ever been.
0: Perfect. Do you reckon as well that's because of like, like in terms of like Chris and stuff, do you think that you've been able to put a bit more into recovery as well? Do you reckon that?
1: I I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. You know, understanding the implications of uh, what your body will and won't do over an extended period of time without maintenance yeah. and um, you know probably that that was a really big realisation to me quite a, a well probably what nearly a year and a half ago how long have i been going to Chris for it was a year and a half I suppose I think I I realised that for all the money and time I put into building and development if you're not fixing and repairing it's all a waste and you'll Definitely. end up hurting and being laid out for a period of time and you'll be hating everything you're doing
0: yeah i reckon i've found more stuff wrong with me as well since seeing him yeah like yeah yeah. you you think you're all good just that body awareness oh yeah i know i'm good and then you start doing stuff and then moving different and then when we move differently it's like oh find out all these nigglies and stuff but you can
1: repair yourself a whole lot quicker too definitely and I, i found that like i don't know if you remember but i had that like chronic neck issue almost when you and i started training and I, because I'd heard it when I was actually training with Tristan, and then it just kept coming back and coming back. And once I'd worked my way through that, um, and again, it was just sitting behind a desk yeah. um, and that whole hunchy thing and lifting the wrong way or lifting, lifting without preparation or, you know, doing some exercise where you just weren't ready for it. But I reckon uh, now that I know how to manage that. The, the turnaround time is like uh, I think I said to you a little couple of weeks ago I sort of hopped out of bed and I twi- twinned something because yeah. I led the wrong way and you know, now you can actually fix it through working out you yeah. know you can balance your muscles you can you can relax alternate muscles like that was in my in, in my sort of uh, what was that kind of mid back and yeah, I worked smaller. on yeah worked on lo- loosening my chest and all of a sudden it sort of it dissipated it went away so yeah. understanding where and what you can do and change and manipulate and hey look it just comes down to spending money <laughs> spend a bit of money on, on on remedial massage or acupuncture or physio or buddy Cairo or you know whatever it is if you just you've got to um, you've got to learn
0: definitely I um, yeah I couldn't agree more but it's like you pay the money because they've spent umpteen years so they can say oh yeah your, your chest is a bit tight that'll fix you back
1: uh, thanks, man. Well, it's. I, 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 I liken it, well, and, and along that exact same vein. I mean, I reckon I'm a fairly capable person to do anything, but, um, you know, I'm now a checkbook renovator. So I can build a wall, I can fix a wall, I can paint a wall, I can putty up a wall. But the time that it takes me to actually work out how to do it the right way and do it right is probably three or four times what it would be getting someone else to do it so it's much more cost effective for my time and sanity to pay someone else to do it so a little bit like with the whole body and and and, massage and everything you could be dealing with pain and aches and all that shit for so long eventually you'll get right don't get me wrong you'll 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 work it out but you'll deal with a whole lot beforehand but if you pay someone to fix it then happy days
0: mate perfect summary that is <laughs> spot on well, wow, awesome. That's that's an awesome intro to getting into anything. Alright, so let's uh let, let's focus or double back around to uh, the business and everything. So what do you do within astute? I don't know if you mentioned it, but
1: so um astute is what we would refer to in the finance industry as an aggregator. Astute in terms of the national um company. Um they're more or less a gateway for the mortgage brokers that work under the Astute umbrella. So I guess um, there's lots of aggregation companies, um, Mortgage Choice, uh, Aussie Home Loans, those sorts of organisations. Astute's probably relatively new on the retail scene because um, previously it was known, um, behind the scenes, been operating for I think almost 20 years. Okay. Um, And um, I was trading as APD lending services, so I was my own private enterprise or private brand. And... Effectively, I worked under the umbrella of Astute, so I go out and market myself. Um, we, our office here at East Brisbane, was the first one to become a nationally branded office. So there was a group of us that decided, "Hey, why don't we all rebrand as Astute and uh, and build a arguably a, from a retail perspective, a customer perspective, a big national network?" Um, and then that had flow-on effects for our national marketing and even local marketing because we've got um, unified branding, we've got a, a brand policy and um, all of that's been rolled out um, and it's and it's worked really, really well. So now when you drive around, you start to see these astute offices. Um, there's astute Wilston, there's us here, there's astute Cairns, there's a massive business up there. Um, there's astute Townsville, there's student offices all around Australia now. Um, and so back to how I fit in, um, effectively, APD Lending Services is still operating. I, I work as an independent finance broker within the Astute Group, so I'm Astute East Brisbane. Um, and uh, we now have a fully integrated financial services model, which involves not only the home loan lending, but we also have financial planning Vehicle and equipment finance. So we do cars and trucks, trailers, and all sorts of weird, wonderful financing things. Which was, as I mentioned to you, that's what I was had my head in <laughs> earlier this morning, trying to work through that. Um, but we also do our financial planning, personal insurance, uh, general home insurance, and really providing a holistic financial service to uh, our individual customer. Um, you know, they can take one or all products, pretty much. It's it's about being able to provide them the assistance across the board. Perfect.
0: So what you guys are doing is where you would essentially go to what well, a car yard to get finance through them, or you go to a, a mortgage broker just by themselves for the house, yep. to get a house. You've just consolidated everything into one area where you guys can then go.
1: Yeah, we're like, we're like your, 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 your trusted uh, specialist, if you like, is a, is a good way to consider it. Because In the past, I mean, even when I was uh, before moving into this office, we uh, all my clients, I mean, we build up a relationship whereby uh, it's all about doing the right thing by that client because the number one way that I receive uh, a new client is actually from an existing client. So if I'm providing a bad service or a bad bad advice, I'm not going to get that. Um, Over time, my clients have come to me and asked me about all sorts of manner of things that are associated with either with any type of lending um, and to be able to provide them with clear and trusted advice around all those elements, it was a natural progression for us to then move into those areas. So um, it's the, the key part is, is really adding value. If we're not adding value, then um, I'll tell the client straight away or tell my customers straight away, look, we can do this, but I think you what the deal you've got is better or um, yeah. what you're doing is, is the right thing. That to me is the most important thing because, eh, look, wh- it's, it's sometimes it's not just about creating revenue, it's about creating trust. If you have trust, you'll always have a customer.
0: Perfect. Um, all right, mate, cool. So let's uh, let's jump right back, back to school. Um, we'll start talking on the fitness side of stuff and where you grew up. So hmm. whereabouts did you grow up and uh, what were you playing through school?
1: Uh, so I grew up mostly in Ipswich, I've had the second head removed, and uh, I'm now allowed to leave. Yeah. Uh, during school, I, look, I played a whole bunch of sports. We did a bit of indoor, volleyball, played uh, rugby union and rugby league. Got a little bit confusing on weekends when you were playing both, but um, I played second row, so it was pretty easy to put your head down and push. Yeah. The, um, uh, but the sport I probably played the most was basketball. Love playing basketball and just played it every chance I got. So yeah, okay. it was, yeah.
0: And did uh did you were you able to get far with that, like going um, Yeah,
1: look, I, I, not really. I would say not really. Like in the scheme of things, I, I played for some regional teams, but that was kind of as far as I got. And yeah, um, I mean, it, it was really a lot of fun. A lot of fun um, playing, but uh, I guess I had it. There was a tipping point there where, um, sort of going to grade eleven, uh, we moved. Um, sorry, grade. I think it was grade nine or ten. We moved away, and that was kind of when everyone started. You know, you're pretty much going through puberty, and everyone's re, you know developing. And I moved away to a country town for um, two years, and uh, there was just no real competition up there. So you didn't develop or progress. And I came back, and I was just yeah, I was well and truly off the pace. So right. it took a lot to catch up. But I still loved playing it, and um, and and yeah, really, really enjoyed it. But I mean, aside from that, did a whole lot of track, and well, we did track and field. Was cross country? Was you know, running was always a thing. We always in our family, we were always running. Yeah. Um, My dad did triathlons. Um, My brother was actually he was a runner, so he was a fifteen hundred meter runner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was the second fastest fifteen hundred runner. in under 18s in the country at the time oh, wow. and he was actually going to go to the Pan Pacific Games until he stubbed his toe at a training session oh. walking back to the car and broke it so no. <laughs> yeah that was that was not ideal but uh, yeah so always always sort of run and I suppose been active really active across the board
0: yeah nice and then uh, what about out of school like so did, did you do tries or marathons what were they
1: yeah so I did um, a whole lot of elbow bending for probably the largest part uh, <laughs> straight after school. Just kind of let my hair down, but um, I reckon it would have been my early 30s. So probably best part of 10 years ago is when I started getting back into exercise and thank goodness for doing a lot of exercise when I was younger, because the body sort of re- remembered a fair bit of it. But yeah, so I uh, started with um, triathlons and started in a team event. I uh, did the Malula trathlon Triathlon team event and then after that decided, hey, I could do a whole lot more of these. By myself. So I just um, started training and did full Olympic distance triathlons. Just did those. How far was that? So that's what's that? One and a half K swim, uh, 40 K ride, and a 10 K run. Um, I think is Olympic distance. Yeah, right. Massive. My fastest was Maloolabar. I did that one. I think it was, f- I want to say, now I need to think back on think it was two hours and 40. Let me just think about that. So twenty, I think it was about twenty-six minutes for the swim. The run was about fifty. Yeah, so I think it was two. Sorry, one hour, one hour and twenty-eight minutes. Does that sound right? Don't no, that, that one can't. One. That can't be right. I think it was two hours. It's two hours and two hours and twenty. It yeah. take me that
0: long to put my shoes on. Yeah, yeah. <sighs>
1: Mate, that's, yeah. Good. that's good. That's two good. Two hours and twenty. It's funny I should remember that shouldn't I <laughs> but uh, yeah no it was good it was good uh, like I uh, I enjoyed doing those so interestingly I was I was probably a lot like body shape wise. I was re- I was out really out of shape but then after doing triathlons working on um, I suppose strengthening upper body and you know my shapes really changed as a result of that
0: well yeah I've seen the photos and you were quite lean and yeah. lanky down the bottom and pretty broad up the top like you had that very kind of triangular shape mm. um, that was in one of your try photos that I've seen creeping back on Facebook way back <laughs>
1: someone's been stalking yeah.
0: <laughs> um, alright mate and then uh, after the tries uh, what was it is that when you got into um, karate karate yeah
1: Yeah. so I I was with my training I was pretty much spinning Like every day I was doing something, swimming or riding or running, and everything is an hour plus. Uh, Swimming would be an hour and a half. Riding, you'd be riding for two hours some days and, you know, running an hour and a half. So um, I I smashed my collarbone, and um, it was pretty much after that that took about six months to heal because it was a really bad smash. And then once I'd healed and I was able to go back to training, I'd started doing karate f- uh, for my daughter's sake. I wanted them to do it okay, um, because I'd grown up with brothers and mates and we just flogged the shit out of each yeah. other. So <laughs> I thought, oh, well, I'm fine, but I'll do it with them to get them doing it. And, and they sort of gradually dropped off and I gradually increased my intensity as I saw, I saw value in... Uh, the speed of movement it's probably, was, was really interesting to me and also uh, movement of body weight so the fitness side of things probably didn't really come until I realised that actually I need to be fit to be faster so once I realised um, that being quick was beneficial in, in the style of karate we were doing um, that's when I started to move towards learning or uh, doing more work outside of actual training and that was more around uh, moving my body weight because I'm a fluctuating, 100-plus type kilo dude, so it really makes a big difference when you can move that quickly, and And people don't expect it.
0: When you started doing karate, roughly how old were you, 35,
1: 6? Um, Yeah, no, well, yeah, probably probably about uh, 34. I think
0: okay and so and the reason you got it started was for Millie and Charlotte is that right for getting them so how old was Millie and how old was Charlotte when you tried to get them into it from the start yeah
1: well so Millie she would have been 12, 13 yeah so she did it for maybe a year or two and then really once she started getting into her mid to late teens she just kind of threw it out all like just motivation just wasn't there Charlotte, I kind of just dragged and dragged along. So she was, um, she was. If Millie was thirteen, actually, no, Millie would have been older. Actually, maybe Millie would have been fifteen, and she only did it for a year. So yes, once she got to sixteen, it was kind of like everything else was more interesting, (laughs) which is pretty normal. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, but um, Charlotte would have been, yeah, only six or seven. So she was pretty young. Yeah. And she did it. She did it till she was about 12, I think, maybe 11. And it was just like pulling teeth in the end. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I learned from that that um, kids doing sport, it's really, really important that you get kids doing sport, but they've got to do something they love. Otherwise, they're just not going to get into it. Yeah. And um, it was, she she would do the training. She, She would cry almost in some instances going to the training. And as it turned out, by that stage, I was an instructor. So, you know, she was still just hating it. But then she'd finish the training and she would love it. She'd be like, oh, so glad I came. And I'm like sitting there going, what the fuck? You know, can't you remember this next time? So they really enjoy the benefits and the outcomes and all the other things that come along with it. But it's just getting past that hump, which I guess as adults we still go through as well. Yeah, it's just we're more likely to turn
0: around and switch off rather than crying most of the time. most of the time. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. well, you've seen me cry. (laughs) But yeah, I think, you know, that that to me was... um, that uh, that was a big learning point. And, I mean, in Charlotte now with the volleyball is, you know, she just, like I was telling you the other day, she'd do it 24-7 if she could. Yeah. Um, and we're just sort of sitting back, hands back. We're not pushing her. Not, don't have to drag her out. Like, the minute it's volleyball training, it's like, you know, she's getting shit together and she's out the door before we are. She's like, come on, I can't be late, can't be late. And it's like, Phew, this is awesome.
0: Yeah. I was going to double back around to it, but now that we're on it, yeah. So tell us how... Um Tell us how old or what grade Charlotte's in, and how well she's doing with volleyball. Because well, I mean, yeah. I know she's killing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So she's in grade nine, and um, she does uh, she does both beach and indoor volleyball. She started pretty much when she started at Kelvin Grove. Kelvin Grove have a what's called a volleyball excellence program, and yep. um, in grade six she started there. And she's they saw. Uh, I think the, the head of the excellence program um, saw Shar doing track and field or something and he said, oh, you should probably try it for the volleyball excellence program. So she tried out for that and she, she got into that. Um, and then it's ever since then, it's just been going from strength to strength. Um, so realistically, she hasn't been doing it. I think she started the excellence program in year seven by that stage. Um, and uh, this year or this season was her first full beach volleyball season. Last year, she had a full indoor season and um, she made it into the state indoor team last year uh, and then when it came to beach volleyball she's been selected to play for Queensland in the beach volleyball which is, I mean, to us, there's only two in uh, per team and there's only two teams going from Queensland so that's pretty good for her age group so she's basically in the top four and then um, she's been selected for Metropolitan North um, in the metropolitan north team for the school girls. For school, yep. And then uh, there's state indoor um, selections coming up, which there's a, a there are a surprising number of state teams in volleyball, and it does my head in a little bit. But she seems to be getting selected for all of them. Oh, so, that's good. Which is good. So, she um, she does around about nine. She's telling me she does nine volleyball training sessions a week at the moment, which wow, is yeah. full on. And on top of that. She's a, she studies diligently as well. So, you know, for a grade nine kid, she's had one B in the last two years. So she's doing pretty good. Crack the whip on that. Uh, no no B's in this
0: house. <laughs> well, you'll be
1: doctor. I, I, just don't, I, I just don't have to, which yeah. is really, it's just uh, amazing. Um, I mean, I, I was, like, I like to read her assignments and try and help her with that. I mean, I'm terrible at spelling, but for some quirky <laughs> reason, I'm okay at grammar. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I, you know, did, I did university, so I know how to put together an assignment and work with her a little bit on that. So it's, um, yeah, the academic side of things is a bit of a dream with her. That's awesome. Mm. Living vicariously through kids. Well, yeah. I mean, you just, and you see him play and we watched her play on the weekend and she had, you know, I was telling you there, she just had an absolute shit weekend. It was the worst I've ever seen a play and, um. Interestingly, she's, she's managed to turn that around. We've had a lot of chats about the good things and bad things as a result of that. And um, Monday night, she had a um, another training session and she was, her and her partner were highlighted as being some of the best that in, or the best in that training session and were an nice. exemplary. Uh, so they really turned it around, really turned it around. So oh, awesome. This is good.
0: All right, well, let's get back on you. So we'll be talking about Charlotte in the Olympics in a few years anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I guess so. We've just spoken about karate. So, yep. what were some of the major achievements there? Because I know you had a couple of good ones.
1: Yeah. So uh, probably the biggest I had was, um, well, biggest personally um, was getting to my first dan. That was, um, I thought that was a bit of an achievement. So um, that
0: black belt with like a tear for everyone else, yeah.
1: That's correct. Yeah. So. In our style of karate, and there's like a bazillion different styles of karate, in our style of karate you have black belt and then you have... So once you reach black belt, it's like, ah, not quite there yet. First Dan is arguably um, that first level of black belt. Yep. Um, And then after that you have second and third. The um, the biggest thing with black belt is you've got to spend a lot of... It's just time. It's just time in training, time in um, being around those individuals and it also uh, to me it was a lot about um, that work ethic at training so I my my training and I was always particularly while I was instructing because I was instructing at the same time I sort of started instructing pretty much from blue belt um, and and again every different every style has different allowances for different colored belts but basically if you're a blue belt you can instruct, anyone below blue, blue belt um, and those above you, you can still instruct them, it's just you can't you're not really teaching them anything, they yeah. don't already know but where my strength came in I think was um, that physical understanding from my training I was doing outside so um, I would work on a lot of fitness and a lot of endurance stuff in training and apply that to karate so um, when it came to going for my first stand I, I, I pretty much, I, like, I felt like I did it easy I got to the end of it and went, "Connie, is that it?" <laughs> um, whereas everyone was telling me, "You know, it's it's really grueling," and I mean, it was it was it was tough. Don't get me wrong, but it was two and a half hours in uh, a, a, a really hot dojo, and it was the middle of summer, and um, it was it was pretty tough. But I I did it, and sort of looked at the end, and I was like, "Okay, I reckon I had another two hours in me." Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that, that was probably my highest achievement. Other achievements, I uh, did a lot of tournaments, so um, I competed in... I was lucky after every two years, we would have a world tournament. Um, I competed in the world tournament when I was a blue belt and um, secured the... I was the world champion. Um, and um, I didn't ever compete in another one again at any other um, Finish belt, the top. Cut, well, that's right. I mean, why, why mess with it? You know, just leave it as is. It's like a mic drop. Man. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Walk away. Uh, but I did compete in a lot of um, state and national tournaments. Um, and you've got gold and lots of gold and silvers, pretty much in every uh, event I went into. So it was um, it was good competing. I enjoyed the competition um you know we often talked about me needing an event to actually work towards yeah um which I've managed to be able to maintain training without an event of late which is good um, <laughs> but uh I think the the most important from from my own personal perspective with karate was that development to a point where I was like okay well I've reached I've reached the level and I, I then got to a a point which I suppose we all get to, once we get to a certain level of fitness, or we le- reach a milestone that we've been aiming for. What now? Yeah. Um, and then so from there, I moved on to kickboxing, um, which um, is similar but different. Um, it's a lot heavier contact, obviously, and using and using your body weight differently in those in that contact. Um, so I had a couple of full contact fights. The last one, again, finishing on top, winning that one. <laughs> so again. <laughs> always good to finish at a win yeah. uh, and then more recently started um brazilian jiu-jitsu so um and that is a challenge yeah that is a real challenge so um it's a work in progress that one <laughs>
0: good old bjj yeah um all right, mate. that's good so well, i guess w- with the training as well this this next question is gonna kind of fit in because we train for it anyway but uh let's talk about your hobbies Yep. and then our whereabouts you've gone with that so surfing and snowboarding and yep. everything yep.
1: so uh, surfing I've always enjoyed and uh, training to surf is always a tricky one because yep. uh, it's kind of time on the water that kind of yeah, you know it's a lot of movement that you just can't you find it difficult to replicate I suppose yep. but what I have found is that my surfing's has definitely improved through my physical strength improving and some of the basic stuff, just arm strength, core strength, shoulder strength. Um, stability. And stability, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, stability, surprisingly, is a whole lot more, I think is more valuable on on the snowboard. Yeah. But um, like. So oh, yeah, definitely. I've, I've been, so I've been surfing now for uh, 12 years, but snowboarding for about six. Yeah. And uh, every year I go back to do snowboarding, it's, you know, I'm just getting stronger and better and um i mean you still have i mean your stacks end up getting bigger (laughs) when you stack it it's just epic now and uh (laughs) but i think um certainly with snowboarding probably the, the the training we do adds a huge amount of value just because a you need that strength both upper body and in your legs and also the cardio fitness. Yeah, I mean this year I was probably a little bit underdone with my cardio fitness, and we talked about that. But my strength was there. Um, everything else I could hold together, and 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 I recovered after a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think next year I just got to work a bit more on my cardio just to make sure I'm really, really up to it.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's like we should mention as well that having that niggly in the back, like that was a yeah. big hindrance. That's and true. And like to. To go away to Japan and be able to snowboard and come back without exacerbating or
1: well, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. That's right. I mean, we were, I was basically the doctor getting. He was going to put a needle in my back so yeah. I could go snowboarding. Yeah. That's how bad it was. But um, I think uh, like this year. So um, obviously, the surf trips, the snowboard trips trip done this year. But this this year coming up for surfing is August, and we're going in a. It's a heavier swell season or heavier swell period. So. Um, you know nice. that'll be an exciting phase to work towards that and I know from even when I went last year I mean I was fit last year but you can always be fitter yeah. that and was I'm... a good lead
0: up last year mm. to go on over for surfing
1: we just didn't have the swell so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to use it whereas this this year I'm, I'm planning on needing every little bit of it so
0: perfect well yeah I can't wait again I had some good photos the ones that you got through there were mm. still a few crackers alrighty so let's uh we, we've already covered off on I guess one or two, so the collarbone, but previous injuries like being major setbacks,
1: what have some of them been? Um, I mean the collarbone was just that was massive that that basically changed my whole thinking about fitness, yeah you know, I went from endurance to to basically just gym working out more or less in karate and it was just a massive massive shift. Um, did you say it was six months? Yeah, look, it was pretty much six months, yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd say 6 months because I smashed it in October. And when I say smashed it like it was in 3 bits and what they didn't realize was that my my um shoulder blade was actually snapped all the way through as well. Oh wow. And that didn't get picked up in the x-ray. So they only x-rayed the the um the, the clavicle. And then um it wasn't until like 3 months like we did another uh after, sorry after two months I think because he said oh look and it'll heal and admittedly I mean I understand the thinking behind it because when they um, cut you open it's pretty invasive and yeah. there's all sorts of problems that can incur as a result of that so he didn't really want to operate whereas I was like no, no no cut me open and put the plate in and he's like no 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 I don't want to do that so okay <laughs> go with you you're the, one, you're the one on the big bucks Yeah. Um, and we got to um Two months another scan. Everything was. He said, "Look, it doesn't. It's it, it's not really clear, but I think there is signs of it, it growing." And again, that was only just a, a um, an X ray, uh, and then we were planning to do a scan another two months. I think it was, and um, I went up to Fiji and was with there for two weeks and was swimming. And I was told, "No, if I went surfing and hurt myself, I'd be divorced." So I stayed <laughs> away from surfing on that trip, yeah. and. Um, yeah, I even I was even doing push-ups. That's how crazy I was. Just thinking, oh, okay, I'm feeling. If I'm feeling good doing push-ups, it must be getting better. Yeah. And I wasn't doing a heap of them, and I was a bit sore doing it. But um, long story short, I got back, and he did a CT CT scan, and did the whole like the whole shoulder, and basically the day after the scan I was in getting operated on cuz it just hadn't healed so my whole shoulder was just floating around right that's a big um, oopsie daisy so that was it was huge yeah yeah, yeah. so that was a big setback probably the most down um, the only other one is my back which you know as you know is most recent my lower back which is just tightening of everything and that was a big wake up because it's made me think more about how I do how I do every movement almost now and what I'm doing with my whole body. In the past, I, you know, you would you would hear someone say, "Oh, I'd hold this," or make sure you got that tight or whatever. But it was kind of like, you know, if I can lift it, I can lift it. Yeah. As opposed to not, and now I realise probably more than anything the ramifications of some of those really really minor minor things that seem minor but are actually really big in making sure you're holding that core muscle, um, setting the shoulder back, whatever that might be. Listen to your guidance. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta listen to your personal trainer. If they tell you to do something, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I think um, like you, you were saying the other day, doing the gardening up at your mum and dad's. Yeah, like you could just feel everything when you were just in that like shitty position, rolled over, and how the second you turn stuff back on,
1: yeah, go problem gone. Yeah. That's right. And I mean, that just comes back to self awareness, you know. Yeah. And now more than ever. Because you're feeling it in training and you're feeling it like I, I feel it now even sitting in my office chair sometimes like I've got my back arched in a different way and I'm like oh, okay that's not quite right and then I, I can adjust it straight away it's just everything's so much more noticeable yeah
0: and I think that that's the thing that takes time is that body awareness because you know we, we look at you can look at people that have been training like younger people that have been training for a long time say in a gym more than you and what I notice is they still have quite shit body awareness so if i say like yep. squeezy glutes they're just like oh i don't know how well like, just hold a shit in like you're in an important meeting and you've got to hold this fart in. don't do it they're like nah, i can't do it yeah well, what so you just like flap it out <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: yeah clearly never been yeah. in a high pressure situation oh look it's yeah and that's that's exactly it it's it's using those using those muscles if you've never ever tried to Wiggle your little toe. Guess what? You can't wiggle your little toe. But if you keep thinking about it and trying to do it, you'll be able to wiggle your little toe.
0: That's it. Spot on. All right, mate. Let's uh, let's uh, I guess move right up to now. So, what are what are the reasons for training? Like, is there anything specific that we're? Yeah. So I don't end up
1: becoming a fat slob. <laughs> I like to eat and I like to drink and I like to have a good time. And as it turns out. <laughs> Uh, you can't do those things uh, without exercise. It's certainly not the amounts that I like to consume. <laughs> so, yeah, look, it's funny. It's the r- reason I actually got started in training right right back when it came to triathlons is I started exercising because I thought, you know what, I need to exercise so I can keep doing what I enjoy doing um, when I'm not exercising or not working for that matter. And um, now I'm... I'm um, I guess working towards a bit, bit more balance with that. Uh, I mean, Chris will be pleased to know that <laughs> I'm uh, adding some balance. I'm not quitting drinking, but uh, I've added a little bit more balance in there.
0: Mate, I was pretty chuffed when you said you were staying home the other Friday night. I was like, wow,
1: good yeah. on you. Pat
0: yourself on the back.
1: <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see how long it lasts, but hey, we're just baby steps, baby steps. Um, oh,
0: man, and I guess like, when you talk about that balance as well, it's been a massive shift in our cha- in our training. We've gone from very uh, sport specific to karate. Uh, I guess the only time it changes is more when we've got something coming up, so snowboarding or surfing. But we do like a lot more. I would say more rounded stuff. Whereas it used to be very specific. Like you yep. remember how we used to focus on striking, moving, yep. and everything moving under with resistance bands, and now we go into just more whole body. And yeah. working on any nigglies that you've got as well.
1: Yeah, and it's been an enjoyable change, I guess, in that... Um, like, something we were doing the other day, uh, we were doing overhead. We were lifting something overhead. And I think that was just with the bar. And everything else we were doing was, was intense, but, you know, doing overhead lifting, I was like, oh, it's actually... It's nowhere near as tough as it used to be. Yeah. Um, and that's just... Again, probably being aware of that um, that gradual strengthening of um, shoulder muscles or lats or everything else that's getting turned on and and the body's functioning as it should rather than like you're saying a muscle not turning on and other muscles compensating to to work hard yeah
0: that's always been a big one yeah yeah
1: so no it's it's a it's an interesting progression I mean whether or not there's there's scope to train for uh, like we'll definitely go back to um, training stuff for for surfing, but um, and snowboarding. But there's nothing at the minute. I've got nothing else on the horizon in terms of other sports. So I'm just happy working on um, just overall strength. I mean, it would still be cool to be able to walk on my hands. So uh, you know, that's that's still a goal. But but it was for a while, yeah. But
0: then um, I think uh, it was just the back and the back. It room, was also yeah. when was that? It was shoulders. It was probably this time last year working on shoulders. Um, yeah. To do handstands and stuff. Got a bloody talk with Jared now. Have you seen what he? I oh know because he's all on Instagram. You're not on the gram, yeah. No. Ja, like Jared's doing handstand push-ups, everything now. Yeah, he's show just going off, like full full surfing. show off, yeah. Jared. <laughs> 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 all right, mate, perfect. So, um, all right, let's uh let's talk about what's coming up with business. So you've you've gone from running um your own business under astute or within astute to yep. becoming astute while still having your uh, your name if I've got that right, your business yep. name yep. yep. so what's to come now like with uh,
1: staff um, and everything? So yeah, we're, really we're just working we've had a huge shift in the finance industry with regards to um, uh, the recent Royal Commission there's also been a Productivity Commission um, so two major shifts there and then on top of that we've had a huge amount of tightening in terms of uh, lending policies and lending rules that have been forced on the banks by the, uh, the governing bodies, um, which you know in reality uh, were really, really good changes. The difficulty is that it's all come at once and it's all um, resulting in a, a massive change in the market. And that massive change means a downturn. Um, and then on top of that, we've got an election coming up. So this year, my main focus has been on changing the business and changing the way we do business. Because the reality is, any in any business, change is inevitable. Yep. There's no two ways about it. Now, if you're not prepared for that change or prepared to embrace that change, you might as well just shut up shop and move on. So... My my, I've, I've basically pulled apart what we do um, and we're putting it back together in a format to... You know, we're still producing the same outcomes. We want the same outcomes, but we want a, a smoother process. We want a more engaging process with the client. Um, and, and and in a lot of cases, it's probably going back to the old. It's like the old is new again. I mean, there's a lot of things that I used to do that we don't do or haven't been doing and now we're doing again. Um, any examples like... Not an easy example? Um, I suppose one thing that um, I always did was um, a, a, a Twitter. Two, two business days is when I would contact a client. Whether there was something happening or not, every two business days I'd, I'd contact them. And unfortunately, when you get really busy, you can't always do that. Now, the purpose of doing that is just to keep people informed as to what's going on. Yeah. And sometimes. It's fine just to say, hey, look, nothing's happening. We've contacted the bank. It's in the queue. It's still going to be progressing. And as, as, a, as a layperson, you don't understand the processes. You don't know all of the bits and pieces that are going on. And what you want is comfort to know that someone is actually following up on this stuff. Yeah. Now, when, when the market is bubbling along and you're super busy, you just don't have time for that. But it's not just us. It's almost like it's a standard thing throughout the marketplace. Right. That's not a great outcome for the customer. It's not good, um, and I look back on it now and just think that was a really poor decision to move away from that type of communication. So we're we're rolling that back in, um, and we're adding things like text messaging, emailing, and phone calls, all yep. as part of that communication piece, because we appreciate now you know people working. Sometimes they got their phones there, but they can't answer them. But they can respond to a text message. So there's so many different mediums that we're trying to juggle, and and now condensing that, trying to be very open and upfront with our clients right from the outset's making a huge difference.
0: Cool. So it's just the the new implement or I guess reimplementation of old processes. But I guess it's like with everything, like with technology. Like I personally, as soon as I get a phone call, it's like anxiety. Like a thousand, and then it's like, oh wait, I know who this person is. Okay, I'm okay I just <laughs> Hate my phone ringing, but um, no, yeah, you, you're quite right. People like I can answer a text, and I had clients yesterday texting me while I was training, and then they try to call me. I'm like, no, 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 not stopping to. Yes. I stop and answer a call. Yeah. I'm training, but yeah. So that's me, my personal training, not training other people. Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, and that's how you can. Everyone has a different management mechanism within their communication tolerances, I suppose. And tolerance right. is a really good point because um, when you consider the amount of information that I'm dealing with on a daily basis versus what you would be dealing with. And I mean, not to be smart about this, but like it's just constantly coming at me. So I'm getting text messages, phone yeah, calls. Yeah, definitely. I'm answering voice messages I mean I left my phone out of this because obviously it'd be just buzzing off crazy so they're in there trying to deal with it but um, you know and emails on top of that and you've got people that want to hear from you so they'll text you they'll email you they'll call you they'll leave a voice message yeah. all at the same time and so you know you, which one do you respond to um, so my tolerance is quite high when it comes to that sort of stuff yeah. oh it's got to be and um, responding to that is really really important You've got to be able to understand the client's tolerance. Understand what information they want. Some people really want to know everything. Other people just want to know, yeah, "We good to go yet?" Yeah. yeah. You know, like I don't want to know the details. I just want to know a yes or a no. And uh, understanding that's really important.
0: Perfect, man. All right, and uh, I guess let's uh, let's talk about overall now. So, what I want to talk about is uh, what your major motivators are for business and let's just say life, so with the family and stuff as well. And are you noticing that those motivations have changed or something that motivated you for business may have been different than what was for the family? Or are they starting to come together now? Have you noticed a transition there?
1: Um, I think, you know, we, we've always, as a, as a family, and I suppose when I say family, Megan and I, we've always wanted to have a comfortable lifestyle and that was largely driven by me in the initial stages with wanting to work for myself and i've always wanted to work for myself ever since i was in school i can remember um and um with in in moving ahead with that decision that's got to be a family decision to do that because one person's still receiving a salary and the other person then is effectively at home but their feet up it seems yeah Um, Whereas we've 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 kind of gone full circle in that. I mean, my self employment is like it's so I'm so busy, and I could be I could pretty much be here twenty four seven if I wanted to. Now that transition is trying to pull myself away, so I'm having less time on on the work front, and starting to build mechanisms and structures, and that's what we've been we've been doing over the last sort of, I suppose. Three months um, with these transitions that we're doing this year, so that I can work more on that business and get good value out of it. I mean, I've always worked on the business, but uh, over the time, you you tend to deviate from some of your business plans due to due to market conditions. Yep. Um, whereas what I'm putting in place now is more uh, is a business structure that will hold for the long term, irrespective of what's happening in business. So, to come back to you know whether the family um, is jumping on board. I mean. It's always it's always a tricky one. You you know you have your personal aspirations and what you want to do with your business, and if your significant other isn't involved in that business on a day to day basis, they may not necessarily understand the gra- the 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 gravity of some of the decisions that you're trying to make. Yep. Um, but I think on on balance, we are a hundred percent together on the direction that we're heading in with with business and and with family life. I mean, um, I'm a big, big believer in ensuring that you have... Uh, well, ensuring that you actually work to enjoy life. Yeah. And for me, what I really enjoy is is travelling. I do enjoy travelling, and I enjoy exploring and going to different places. I enjoy drinking and socialising with my mates <laughs> um, and friends and family. And, um, you know, I, I, I work... Um, as much as I can to enjoy that for as long as I can.
0: Perfect. And um, what's uh, what's next on the travel card, apart from surfing? You guys going anywhere locked down?
1: Uh, well, yeah, Croatia. Oh, Croatia, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm off in April to... Well, I, I'm at, I've tacked on a little bit to that, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Megan's not super keen on the fact <laughs> okay. that I've done that, but I've added on um, another... Couple of days, I'm going to go and um, hang out with my sister and brother-in-law for a little bit, and their their kids. And she's got a new business uh, enterprise she's kicking off in France. So oh, yeah. um, bagels? And, uh, no, <laughs> she's she's doing um, more. She's got a uh, quite a successful little coffee shop she's set up there. Interestingly enough, it's an Australian-style coffee shop in France. And I mean, everyone that I would say that to, they go
0: what? France. They well, don't have
1: coffee shops, don't they? I, I I get it because like look at Hugh
0: Jackman, like over in New York, does like flat whites over there, and everyone's losing their shit because it's not a crappy Starbucks coffee.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, and I mean this is the thing. Like she does, so she does cappuccinos and she does the lattes and stuff like that we have over here because they do it very differently over there. Yep. And so you get a lot of expats going there, and a lot she's got. Um, you know a huge following it sort of started to build up and now they're doing a bit more events type stuff and they're moving into bigger premises and they're working with a lot of the corporate um or building a big corporate network over there so if anyone's listening beans beans b-e-a-n-z beans in uh yeah in In where po po Po. yeah 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 it's on that's in france yep it's down in the border of uh, spain and and friends. Oh, so the good end. The good end. Yeah. I'm told, and I'm yet to find this out, but apparently I'm going to be able to go uh, surfing and snowboarding all on the same day. No way. Yep.
0: Surely with a wetsuit.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be taking my wetsuit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how thick I'm going to need. I might need to put a wetsuit over my wetsuit, yeah. because I think I've only got about a three mil wetsuit. So Oh,
0: if it's cold enough for a wetsuit, I remember when I was down in the Mornington Peninsula, I duck-dived under a wave. I had my, my wedding on, but I had, like, I saw the guys out there with the little booties and the hands yeah. and the helmet things on. You guys are a bunch of pussies. I duck-dived under a wave, and I thought someone donkey-punched me Yeah right in the head. I was just like, well, I came up floating a headbutt of rock. It stinks.
1: I'm like, stinks. what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. Bad, bad, bad. Oh. <laughs> A bit, bit of Wim Hof breathing beforehand, mate, yeah. oxygenate the, yeah. oxygen oxygenate the body. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right, mate, and um, I guess uh, with, with the family, like what I want to ask now, with the family, have you noticed uh, any uh, effects in training? So as the, the family's gotten older, has it been easier to train? Have you always, like, maintained that, yep, yeah, you know, when you go to training, it's 100%? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, were there any issues... With the family for training, so yeah,
1: influencing the the, the amount of training or whatever yeah it, yep. yeah yeah, um, I think I think now, particularly as Charlotte, our youngest, has gotten older there's there's uh, substantially less effect because if she's sick or if she's um, you know even if on a normal school day, we can both leave the house and she's fine, she can sort herself out and she can get off to school, certainly when we were young when when she was younger. Um, there might be a little bit more juggling. But, look, training for me has always been, and it was the same with karate, and this is why I suppose I've taken this little break with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with my back and, and the like, is because it is that you've got to lock it in as an appointment, and it's an unmissable appointment. Yeah. You know, if you're, you're uh, five minutes late, you might as well have not turned up, is the kind of thought process that you have to have. I'm not saying don't turn up you're five minutes late. Still go, but it's bad, you know. Like you've got to yep. belt into your head that it is bad to be late to training because there might be something I'm going to miss out, miss out on. Sorry, and um, it's I guess for karate, it certainly was the case because you they would there would be explanations on techniques and you could miss out on some of that stuff. Yeah, uh, and then you'd be doing the technique. You'd be like, well, why are we doing this again? And you didn't want to hold the class up, but you've got to treat your training like that and um, because I've always treated it like that and my wife Megan treats it like that as well she's just always there even a couple of minutes beforehand to make sure she's there at the start and hates it when she's late so we both uh, always treated our training with a fairly high regard in terms of it being a a solid appointment and I think you're only doing yourself a disservice if you don't do it that way definitely
0: yeah there's uh, nothing worse when people flake out on training oh totally the bum and ass mate, look,
1: and i know i have i know i <laughs> have from time to time but i'd have to be probably one one of the more consistent ones I, I think
0: yeah Yeah. perfect mate all right so the i guess the last last question before we get our wrap-up questions underway is what are you currently doing to set as an example so this can be at home like for charlotte and james mm. and millie it can be here at work with the new guys coming in yeah
1: i think certainly from 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 a work perspective um everything that i'm saying i want them to do with their customer interactions i'm doing and i'm doing openly i'm trying to show that as as a demonstration so like and quite literally as an example um and i think if you're asking someone else to do something um Maybe with personal training because I know it's a bit different because I know you can't do all the things I can do. But you know. <laughs> if you're asking someone to do something, <laughs> if you're asking someone to do something, you should be doing it yourself, particularly in a work environment, or be prepared to do it yourself, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and you know, some people argue with me about that point. You know, if I'm a manager, well, that's why they're you know they're here to do that. But I have a very particular view on that. Um, Training-wise, yeah, I think. Uh, my my commitment to actually turning up to training and actually applying myself to, to develop an outcome, i.e. get that black belt or um, become a better surfer or... Fix back. Fix my back or, um, you know, do two summits in a day in Japan or something like that. You know, yeah. my, my commitment to doing that, to be able to turn around and say to my daughter or to, to my... my um, my son hey this is what I did um, you know is an exam is an example to them of uh, effort and reward yeah. and uh, drawing a line and standing going hey look this is what I want to achieve and I'm going to stop at nothing to achieve it I mean it's a silly it's a silly little thing but I mean again probably just it's a mentality thing but someone said to me the other day you know so many people talk about going to Vegas for their 40th birthday party or their 30th birthday party and having a big party over there but you're the only one I've ever seen do it yeah you know? right yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and what was that
0: three years ago now
1: yeah yeah yeah. pretty much actually no not quite what am I turning this year 42 yeah so two two years ago yeah. this year so, um, yeah, so, you know, when I say I'm going to do something and I'm going to go ahead, I will, I will lock it in and I'll move ahead because I think if you say what you say um, and your credibility around delivering on what you say you're going to do and whether that is just, um, you know, wanting to achieve a goal or actually saying to someone, you know what, I am going to flog you. Yeah. Don't, don't mess around. If you say you're going to do it, you do it. Yeah, that follow through is important. 100%. Just as long as it's not in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a great slogan!
0: <laughs> that should go on a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow through is important, just not in your pants. <laughs> boom, boom. Alrighty, so um, we're going to go into the wrap-up questions now, mate. So first one off the bat is, uh, what's your morning routine look like?
1: Um, okay, so uh, there's two two potential morning to routines and it just sort of depends on how I feel in the morning. I basically, I get up, sit on the edge, edge of my bed and I roll my shoulders very slowly, very gently. Roll them backwards, forwards. Just take a couple of slow breaths while sitting up in good posture. I stand up, go to the bathroom if I need to, but then I'll go and have some um, BSC uh, Thermogenic Powder. Um, one or two scoops, depending on whether I'm training. If I'm training, I'll do two. If I'm not, I'll just do one. And um then i'll I'll go and stretch, and I'll just I'll be on the roller or tinkering around and usually while I'm looking at my phone. Um, but yeah, just stretching my legs, stretching my shoulders, um, any of those sorts of things. Not super intense, just kind of rolling everything around. Um, and then I'll get dressed, and depending on how much time I've got left, sometimes I might have a short black coffee, yep, and then I'll roll out to training. If it's not a training day, I'll um, uh, pretty much go through that same routine, um, and then just roll straight in the shower, get dressed, and head off. So I've of late, and when I say I've late, probably for the last what couple of months, I think maybe um, I haven't been having breakfast, and I've been trying to eat dinner before sort of six or seven o'clock at night. Sometimes that varies, and then I won't I won't eat anything through till till lunch. But I don't know. I'm a bit conjectured as to whether eating. Is uh, like having a cappuccino at morning tea. Is that really? Is that eating? Mm. You know? I,
0: I understand the um, my, my views are starting. And this will be a question that comes up later. But my views are starting to change on intermittent fasting. I'm still very pro IF because of the cellular level things yep. that happen at the cellular level. So the whole cleaning process that your body does. Yeah when people say oh, I'm just doing it to lose weight it's like restricted calories mate just don't eat as much yep. so if it works for them great but like shut up you don't have to tell the world
1: and you know what I'm 100% on that because I don't think it's actually helping me lose any weight yeah but I I don't know I have this sense of betterness
0: yeah I feel a lot a lot less bloating all the time We're not, and that full feeling or sluggish feeling like just waking up with nothing in the gut and then training personally I mean everyone's different but going off the research that's out there as well on and once again on a cellular level not that's based on a losing weight level because all it is is restricted calories like if you're a gut and you're gorging for 12 hours and you bring it down to, to 6 yep. well, or 8 obviously nothing's really going to change there's going to be change. less food going
1: in well you know <laughs> it's funny I mean yes I'm bloating yesterday I was like sitting there I was like yeah I could probably not even eat dinner and I thought why Why? why am I f-? and I was like oh that's right I had 250 gram Mexican parmigiana for lunch <laughs> so you know if you if you're still piling the food in your body's gonna hang on to it and take as much yep. of it out of it one, one thing that's said to me a long time is actually my brother-in-law um, and uh, he's a, a fitness fanatic I mean he's a professional sportsman he He said to me, if you don't eat breakfast or you don't eat a meal and you skip a meal somewhere along the line, the minute your body has the opportunity to grab food, it'll grab and it'll automatically start to store fats. Now, you know, I think that there's a variance in everyone's body. Everyone's body is going to operate different because there's almost sometimes learned behaviours in terms of chemical production. And then there's um, also uh, those, those processes that we change through time and... I don't know. I think, yeah, definitely having smaller meals makes a big difference or bigger impact on our weight loss, particularly for me. But the I think the calorie or the, the intermittent fasting, particularly in the mornings, I mean, it works for me in that time frame. I just feel better. Yeah, perfect. I just feel better. If you feel
0: better, do it. Yeah. Um, but you're right. So the best way to put it is no one's a combustion engine. What's tested in a lab can't be replicated for people yeah so we all all our bodies are different yep so how we absorb or like how much a how many calories is in something how many calories our bodies can absorb and then how many calories our bodies pass yep and that's going to be different for everyone and after doing that genetics test that i did for uh or the the, my dna so finding out you know how my body operates on a genetic level off markers that have been tested like i'm 80 percent prone to becoming obese but you know, i'm not a fatty no. uh, but uh, at the same time i can metabolize caffeine uh i'm in the top five percent of the nation that can yeah. metabolize caffeine fast so i mean when, you know you hear the, the like don't have coffee before or after 12 o'clock in the afternoon and it's like well if it doesn't affect you if you feel fine and as long as you know that feeling and why so
1: yeah i think so i think so you just got to manage your own feelings
0: um, perfect, mate. All right, so the next question, um, what has to be one of your favourite uh, pastime activities that you do? So Drinking beer. You... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is that too quick? Should I think about that answer a little bit more? Oh, mate, if
0: that's, that's what you want <laughs> to go with.
1: Fair enough. Just get on the I, no, I love having a beer and just talk, <laughs> talking shit. I just love it. It's great. <laughs> you know, sitting down there by the water or the river or something or shit it could be in here cracking a beer and just talking shit I just I don't know I just really really enjoy it the the whole the the socialising yeah Um, as an activity there's nothing better than being out in the water surfing yeah you know surfing or snowboarding I take surfing every day of the week I just love it yeah right you don't have to put all your shit on and fucking helmet and all the other crap you just boardies rashy wax leg rope boom out you go see you later yep don't get eaten by a shark yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> Get out of here, right, mate? Perfect. Um, so I guess this may this may fall into uh, the the collarbone, but what do you feel has been one of the biggest obstacles that you've uh, overcome Me? in your life? Yeah, you. You're, you're the biggest yeah, obstacle. I'm, I'm the biggest <laughs> obstacle.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Own worst enemy. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I I talk myself out of doing shit all the time. I would talk myself into it you know like training you know you get up and I'm doing my shoulder roll sitting on the edge of the bed oh no it's just like yeah, you, oh you're sore today you, you, oh you, you've trained a lot this week you really don't need to go for that run oh if you go for that run today you're going to be sore for your training session with Josh on Friday because he's going to do legs Friday and it's, <laughs> so you know self is, is the biggest okay. self is the biggest or, or easily the biggest
0: what do you do to overcome yourself then?
1: Um, trickery, <laughs> trickery. You know, I think there's it, we are we are uniquely human because of that trait. You know, we we have that ability to. I was reading a book there the other day, which is um, uh, what's it called? The subtle art of not of giving, not giving a, fuck. a fuck. Yes, 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 yes. You know, and talks about that whole self, oh, jeez, I'm feeling bad. Oh, no, I'm actually, I'm feeling bad again. I don't want to feel bad about feeling bad. And you're just getting this. And, and here I am sort of talking to myself through exercise in that same way. So, yeah, I think I think the easiest way for me to do it is sometimes it's just get up, don't think about it. And you just kind of shut off the thinking. It's like, no, 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 you can't think about this. Get, get your shoes on. Get, in, get your thermo down. Get out the door. So you're out the door and in the lift, it's too late. Yeah. You know, it's... Just just trying to trick your body into not going through those motions.
0: Nice. All right, um, who outside of your family do you feel has had uh, the biggest impact on your life? So not mum or dad?
1: Uh, probably my uh, Dave, Dave Pierce, my big business partner, yeah. for want of a better term. I mean, he's um, guided me and helped me business-wise um, we socialise a lot together. We've trained. You've trained him. Yep. You've trained, we, well, yeah, we've trained together. Um, so yeah, yeah, huge impact.
0: Nice. So big shout out for Dave. Yeah. Cool, mate. And um, what do you feel has been your biggest point of view change uh, in recent times? So view or opinion. So something you might have thought recently and then that opinion yeah. has changed. Could be on anything.
1: I, I, I think, you know, I guess thinking... Personally, uh, my view on um, how how I'm lifting has probably been a big thing, because I've always just thought, oh well, I could just lift it, just lift it, you know. As opposed, pick it up. Yeah, that's right. You know, simple. But yeah, that the whole the whole back thing is really. Probably it rattled me to begin with, you know, when they said, oh, I've got a bulging disc. I'm like, fuck, I'm 40. I don't, I don't lay like bricks. I don't lift heavy shit for a living. How can I have a bulging disc? How do I get this off his hands? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Barely even hang on to something long enough, let alone, <laughs> buddy, I hurt my back. So, yeah, that was a big, uh, like, I just never thought I would ever have a back injury.
0: Yeah, okay. Um,
1: so, that most recently, I've just changed everything. You know, in, my, in my whole thinking, it's just like, okay, it's all, all about um, back pres- preservation almost and yep. being so mindful about every movement that I'm doing.
0: Cool. All right, so I just want to try and summarise this so I can make sure I'm getting it. So you thought previously that when it came to just weight, just when it's there, pick it up. Yep. If the weight's the obstacle, just get over it. Yep. Whereas now, in lieu of the back and, um, and, and injuring that, it's now like, right... Make sure that you're lifting in the correct manner to ensure longevity for all muscle groups and everything.
1: yeah, yep yeah. and, and you know even like even beforehand, I suppose you know I did think about it, I just didn't realize the absolute importance of it, and it was probably a couple of injuries that I had happen, like my neck and other bits and pieces yeah. where you know twinging in my neck from doing a, a deadlift sorry um, a single arm dumbbell snatch and, and I got over that and I solved that issue and thought alright, well I can pretty much solve anything it doesn't, but then when I finally did, when I did this back injury it was kind of like yeah alright right, I really really need to make sure that if I'm not on if everything's not on just don't do it don't lift it just let it go nice
0: good perfect so yeah I guess that's kind of also replacing in a sense ego lifting as well Totally, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can
1: lift anything or I'll be fine. Yeah. And I mean, look, the reality is you can lift anything as long as you're lifting
0: it right. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I'd love to lift 500 kilos because Rogue would give me $50,000, but uh, in a deadlift, <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, I've seen those dudes. you will have to eat a few more pies. Yeah. To to <laughs> yeah. All
0: righty, and um, the last one, mate. Are there, or do you have any recommendations for... Podcast, book, YouTube, influencer, so it could be a celebrity or someone within the finance industry that's like a you know, Jordan Belfort or someone.
1: Um, <laughs> and or a favorite quote. Um, I, I think on the well, I'll work backwards, favorite quote, you don't know what you don't know. I love it. It's just it's like the thing to live by. Yep. You know, the minute someone says, Oh, you can't do that, it's like, Well, fucking watch me. <laughs> I'll, find, I'll find out how I can do it and, you know, it can get done. Yeah, perfect. So, I mean, that's, that's probably number one. And finance is exactly that. Like, that's how I started in finance was just finding shit out and um, learning about things. And that made a big difference. Um, ah, podcasts, I mean, I, I don't really listen to a whole lot other than maybe Joe Rogan. And, I mean, some of that stuff is just shit others because <laughs> others, it's all Americans and yeah. sorry any Americans listening but jeez you guys crap on the shit but um, no there's some good stuff in there there's some really interesting dudes um, books I loved that book about um, marching powder I mean there's a lot to be learned in that book is that the title? it's called marching powder yeah yeah it's about a cocaine dealer yeah, I can. <laughs> so, no, 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 sorry, correction. He's a cocaine trafficker. He's oh. a cocaine trafficker. Right, okay. And he got caught um, and he got put into a Bolivian jail. And it and it's just, it's an amazing, true story. Wow. Yes, amazing story. But um, I suppose the bits and pieces that I got out of that was um, I suppose, you know, risk taking is, is, is not everything, but, you know, calculated risk and. And, and balancing out business and reward. I mean, sure, what he was doing is illegal. I'm not suggesting anyone should do it, but um, you can apply a lot okay. of that stuff. And yep. uh, tolerance and persistence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, within all of that, it's truly really phenomenal story. Perfect.
0: And uh, any any influences within the finance game that you follow, or
1: no, none, none particularly. Um, just you know, just close colleagues um, that you know we work together and we try and learn from each other as much as possible because it's it's an ever-changing environment i mean look unfortunately with like a lot of things media give you delayed information so if if you're not getting in our in our game if you're not up to the minute like up to the second in terms of policies and understanding information like there's stuff that i can get i can get done in certain instances through banks that branches won't even be able to like you go into the branch you couldn't get done yeah, um, and you know that's just through connections and, and working those connections so it's um, yeah it's finance is one of those things that it's really really enjoyable I find because it's never the same right okay yeah, it's always something challenging
0: I guess a little follow on there where where would you go to learn new stuff or like who would you go to to learn new stuff is this now I guess that's probably a, a very broad uh, yeah no I, I kind of get the
1: gist of what you're talking about there um we get, I mean, we get information laid out to us by each of the lenders because they're really wanting us to do business with them, yeah. Um, and they're trying to build their business off the back of um, getting our clients to come and deal with them. Um, but some of the stuff you kind of just know unless it's a big broad industry change, in which case everyone knows. The really really valuable stuff is just getting to know um, individuals within the industry and sometimes that just comes through having a beer with them or catching them up with lunch with them and you know you just talk about work stuff talking shop and it's like oh I got this this deal done at such and such and like what how'd you do that like who'd you talk to or how'd you do that and we've got a really really great network within Astute like there's a lot of communication happens between the businesses we're not in competition with each other even though like we might be doing business with clients right around the corner from each other Yeah. um it's, it's just it's kind of it's, it's one of the only industries that I know of where you can be good friends with your competition technically yeah and you just never we never you, know, you never really come up against each other perfect yeah so alright mate
0: awesome so I guess last off let's just uh, find out where we can find you so um, yeah
1: so you pretty much just type in Tony Duncan finance broker and uh, I come up um, on in Google So um, I'm assuming that's a good thing because a lot of people must be looking for me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the business is Astute East Brisbane. We're located here um, on Mowbray Terrace. So we're number eight Mowbray Terrace, unit two, number eight Mowbray Terrace. But um, like I said, yeah, if you plug in Astute East Brisbane, um, brings up our address, contact number, and um there's a bunch of us in the office here so just make sure if you're looking for some assistance or advice ask for tony
0: that's it easy peasy all right mate thanks heaps for being on the podcast and And, uh i'll see you friday anyway ready to rock and roll yeah